So um, I was listening to BBC Radio this morning, and um, Anne Dinsdale, who's the principal curator from the Bronte Parsonage Museum, was on. And they were talking about the revival of the Jane Eyre play that's happening at the National Theatre, which I actually saw a couple years ago. It is awesome. And if you're in England, you should definitely go see it. Um, that I'll take a day. Yeah, I was gonna say like you you need to go see that. It's fantastic. Um, cool. But yeah, she wanted to like let everyone know about some new finds that they had at the parsonage, which I was Did super they find geeked out about. <laughs> <laughs> they actually so in 2016 they purchased a book that um, belonged to the Brontes' mother, so Mariah Maria. I still hear both. Um, so they purchased a book, and inside that book, do you know what they found, Hannah? Uh, some hair. No. A flower. Well, they found some tiny little books by Charlotte Bronte. No. <laughs> <laughs> what the? F- I know. <laughs> Why? Um, I hate that so- they're inside a bigger book. Do you know that's worse than what's worse than a small book? It's opening a perfectly safe, regular size book and there being a tiny book hidden in it. it it's great. I think it's fantastic. Two. They found two, not just one. Was one of them inside the other one? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. That is speculation, I will say. Okay. Um, she did also reflect. Let's put. Per- perpetuate that myth let's just get we're, that we're on just the getting that out there she did sit, call it a manuscript but they did also say it was written about the time when charlotte was 17 so i just like immediately raised my hand in class to no one and was like oh was it a tiny book was it a tiny book inside of a book i think it was it's because charlotte bronte was a much smaller person when she was 17 <laughs> she um she didn't grow into her full human form until she was an adult. That's why the books were it's so It's true. Small. What did you say she was? She was like two ha- two apples high? Three apples high, like a Smurf. Three apples high. It's very, very tiny. Maybe I'll do every episode with a Smurf fact. Oh, yeah, you should. <laughs> That's the only Smurf fact I know. <laughs> I actually know some Smurf facts. No. Well, I just have this one Smurf story. Really, it's not terribly... Hello and welcome to Bonnets at Dawn. I am your host, Lauren Burke, Team Bronte. And I am your host, Hannah Chapman, Team Austin. This week, I'm doing the intro because it's a Bronte episode, guys. Pish. (laughs) Pish? (laughs) Pish, that's a thing that people... Do you know what? As I said it, I thought Lauren is going to question pish. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I feel like they said it in the 1950s, maybe. I don't know. All right, sure. I was trying it, it didn't work. I won't say it again. (laughs) I should beep it out. Beep out the pish. Yeah. When you say it like that, it sounds kind of... Naughty. Like, yeah. Beep out the pish. Yeah. Beep out the pish. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, a couple weeks ago, you shared with us a little Jane Austen factoid. I did. Story. You did. Um, Can and you remember week, it? I'm, uh, yeah, it was something to do with where Pride and Prejudice came from. Yeah, I couldn't tell you who it was, though. 
Francis Burley. Oh, there you go. Look at me. I remembered. Carry on with your fact. <laughs> Pish. Well, yeah, this week got a little uh, Bronte story for you guys. What is Which, it? I'm sure most of you already know this because um, all the Bronte people that listen to this podcast are just really, really, really smart. They're way smarter than me. So, <laughs> yeah. But and maybe way this will... smarter than me. <laughs> Maybe this will, like, you know, enlighten some of the Jane Austen fans. So how about that? So um, this was, I think, one of our favorite stories when we went to the Parsonage, actually, because when we were in, God, was it like the second room in the um, dining room where they all used to sort of, you know, walk around the table every night um, as they were writing, which, by the way, sidebar, I'm interrupting myself. I am um, reading a Charlotte Bronte bio right now. I'm reading way too many things at the moment, but that's one of them. It's really good. I'm going to talk about it in a couple weeks. But like the saddest thing is after all of her siblings were gone and like Charlotte returned to the parsonage after like burying Anne in Scarborough, yeah. she used to just walk around the dining table like alone. Oh, that is sad. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Do you know what's even sadder? Hmm. The fact that you said Scarborough. What? What? what how should that's I say it? That's not how you say it. Scarborough. How should I say it? Borough. Scar. I can't do it. Try. Do it for me. Do it for Charlotte. <laughs> it's like how I can't say bourbon creams. What is that? Oh, bourbon biscuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bourbon. There you go. It's you hard. Did it. It's hard. I did it? Okay. So, yeah. That was not my Charlotte... Bronte story for the week, though. That's just like an extra thing that you get, basically. <laughs> That's just like a little sad bonus. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the Bronte's lives, right? The sad Ugh. bonus. Ugh. Yeah. Hashtag sad bonus. Ugh. So this story is not much happier. Sorry, guys. But we did have like a little laugh. So we were in the dining room at the Parsonage with Amy and uh, was there a picture of Thackeray in there? Because she was like, you, you know, let's start talking about Thackeray. I and See, I think this story was told in the upstairs room after Branwell's bedroom, you know. Was it? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It might have been in the first room. We talked about Thackeray a lot. We've talked about Thackeray all over the parsonage. I can't remember who Thackeray is, so... So he wrote... Vanity Fair. Oh, that fact. Yeah. No, you're right. I thought um, maybe you meant the, uh, obviously. Oh, Salvi. Salvi. Yeah. Malvi Salvi. Yeah. We talked about him upstairs Malby for Salvi. sure. Um, so we'll talk about Malvi Salvi again on a later episode. So back to Jane and Thackeray. Um, Jane, huge fan. Unlike us, we're just sort of like, we've kind of seen the movie, maybe read the book. Yeah. clear. She um, has seen more than just an elephant. Yes, she definitely knows this book backward and forward. And huge fan. Now, um, back in the day, as we know, Jane Eyre was a smash success. So it's like, you know, it's number one on the Billboard charts. And there are Barnes and Nobles displays of Jane Eyre just everywhere. You know, people Midnight are loving Q's. it. Wait Midnight for the release. Q's. They're tweeting about it. Like, constantly. There's it's Buzzfeed trending. articles. It is Totally trending. Jane Eyre is trending. Jane Eyre is trending. 
And so is this mysterious author, Kerr Bell, who just, you know, came out of nowhere. Now, um, Thackeray's friend, Williams. Yeah. He sends Thackeray a copy of the book, like, have you read it? It's amazing. And, um, you know, want to give it a review. And then Thackeray writes back and he says, I wish you had not sent me a copy of Jane Eyre. It interested me so much that I have lost, or won, if you like, a whole day in reading it. Uh, Aww, lovely, right? So, of course, when Bronte hears that, like, her favorite author, you know, wrote this kind thing about her book, she's like, oh my god, I have to dedicate the next edition to him. Yeah. Because he's such an inspiration for me. Oh, I know which story this is. (laughs) But what she doesn't know is that Thackeray had a mentally ill wife yeah, who was like legit, like, I mean, I don't know if she was in the attic, but she was definitely upstairs and kind of hidden away from everyone, right? Yeah. And I think later on she was sent away, as I think what Amy told us. So, you know, inside people, inside like literary circles in London, they knew this. And when they saw this dedication, they definitely thought that... um this mysterious Kerr Bell person was, you know, an, an insider like them. So yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. who, who wrote this? Who wrote this book? They're like, oh, is this a, a slam? Yeah, yeah, it's a total zang. Or, or they were like, but what if, what if Kerr Bell is actually Thackeray's governess? <gasps> yeah. So that theory came up as well. Oh my gosh. And so it was just like this whole embarrassing incident. And Charlotte didn't know about it. Like, she just didn't. She really just meant it, like, wholeheartedly. Like, oh, my God, I love you and I love your work. Yeah. But um, I think this is, like, what I love about Charlotte Bronte so much is that I think a lot of things that she means in earnest, like, just she, she just doesn't have, like, you know, any social graces. And she's not very savvy. She's got no and I think game. Things get missing. She's got no game. And things get misinterpreted all the time. And like we discussed in the Howarth episode, when we talked about, you know, her relationship with Anne and how um, we've talked about that a lot on the the podcast. Like, was she deliberately trying to sabotage Anne? You know, when she said Tenant of Wildfell Hall was a mistake, was she jealous of Anne's talent or beauty or like what was, you know, why was she acting the way that she was acting? And really, like, in what we discussed with our conversation with Amy, it was more like, no, like, she was embarrassed because she thought that really exposed a lot of her family secrets. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it comes from embarrassment, not from, like, mean-spiritedness. And I think we'll have this discussion on the podcast, too, later on, more in depth. But her comments about Jane Austen, I think, also are, you know, misinterpreted a little bit as well. Do you reckon? I do. I don't, you know... I don't, I think it's easy to write off Charlotte as a bitch, honestly, because like, like mean, both of these situations could be easily misinterpreted as bitchy, right? Yeah. But I, I think it's more complicated than that. But also, if you don't know someone has a wife locked in the attic. Yeah. That's just, that's just like a bad coincidence. It just was a coincidence, but it was also like a brilliant coincidence. It's just like, ooh, what a zing. Yeah, I love that. I know, I love it too. Also, so that, that was the dining room. There's a photo of Zachary. Zachary. <laughs> Zachary. <laughs> Zach, uh, good old Zach. Man, I am falling asleep. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so glad, uh, but so the story sorry. I'm telling you is really keeping you on the edge of your seat. <laughs> 
I've heard it before. It's but true, I guess our listeners have not. So. <laughs> just feign interest, Hannah. Just feign I'm interest. <laughs> tell me again. Tell me the story again, Grandpa. Okay, well, I will tell you the story again, but um, we will go ahead and cut to our interview for the week. Okay. So, um, actually, before we left for Haworth, I had the pleasure of interviewing Celine and Serena from the Sisters Room blog. And um, I hope you guys have checked out this blog. It is awesome. It's thesistersroom.com. It's in Italian and it's in English. And um, Celine and Serena, they kind of, I don't know, they remind me of me and you. They're, <laughs> they're us. Just, they're, they're us. They're the Italian us. Yeah. One um, of us. But they just focus on the Brontes. Well, and, not quite. Um, Half of us. Half of <laughs> us. And they go to Haworth every year and they research the Brontes and they write articles about them and work on special projects. And um, I think they're just, they're lovely, lovely people. And we're really hoping to collaborate with them very soon on something else. But um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the interview and please check out their work. So Lauren, you were saying Thackeray. <laughs> so you guys are English teachers. That's ma- So do you teach like, um, like a high school level or a college or a... Uh, I teach in a private school, and it's an English school, so I teach all levels, um, from children to teenagers, okay, and adults sometimes as well. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and then what? What inspired you guys to become English teachers, or to? Well, we we love English, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why, but I've always loved teaching. So it was just. You know, it's it came natural. Sure, that makes <laughs> sense. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, you know, even you know, like communicating, it's so important to us. So teaching, translating, everything, which deals with explaining or learning, you know, it's fascinating to us. So it's a it's it's a natural, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and was it also maybe brought on by literature as well too? Like maybe love of English yeah, literature. Absolutely. Yeah. We loving we love literature. We love reading. We we, we also like writing. Um, so and we are fascinated by all English authors, especially uh, from the Victorian age, yeah. and especially women. We love uh, women writers. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I um, I just had on the show. I haven't posted the interview yet, but it was with the International Center for Victorian Women Writers. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, and they like I was like, oh, this is like where I've wanted, what I've wanted to do my whole life: <laughs> read and study and talk about Victorian women writers. Okay. Yeah, no, we think the same. We th- we always say that we're looking for somebody who could pay us just for studying English literature. Yeah, exactly. That would be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you guys discover the Brontes? Uh. I go first. Um, the first time I uh, I've heard about the Bronte sisters, I was in high school, and I had an amazing English teacher who really loved English literature and the the Brontes especially. And I remember that the Bronte sisters were not even part of the school program actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were barely mentioned in the book. But she she loved Emily Bronte, and she brought in class uh, some extra material. So we got the chance to read a few pages from Wuthering Heights, and uh, I just loved it. I remember that I went to the bookshop right after class, I bought it, and I started reading it. 
and I was really fascinated by the characters in Wuthering Heights because um, we can say that there are, there is no good or bad. We have good characters and bad characters. It's just they're just human human beings, right. and just like all human beings, they make good choices and bad choices, and it bears some good or bad consequences. So. I think that was the thing that I loved the most uh, mm-hmm. about Wuthering Heights and how Emily Bronte uh, created these characters. That, yeah, that's I fantastic. I, um, I'm i actually really curious to know if you read... So did you read an uh, Italian translation first and then maybe later read... Yeah, yeah, I did. I read, I read the Italian translation first and then uh, when my English... Uh, became uh, starting started to become just a bit um, stronger. Then I read the the English version, the original version as well. So the English version is even a like it's a, a challenge even for an, a you know, native English speaker. It is, it is. But if you read the Italian translation, uh, you lose all the fun. Yeah, uh, I was wondering the about fun, the yeah. translation. Yeah, because I used to I used to work in publishing, and I worked in translating um, our international editions as well. Um, and it's so difficult. It's so so difficult to do. And I, I want like the challenge of like yeah of translating a Bronte. I think would just be beyond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it's difficult. It is, but um, you know. Um, you, if, if you want to really get to know an author, you you really have to read the, the no, his novels or her novels in the original language. I think it's yeah, it's part of the fun. That's important. <coughs> and then even how- because during you know the process of translating, you you miss a lot of things because um, you know there are some cultural elements that are so very different from country to country, mm-hmm. and. And maybe you can't, you know, it's difficult to uh, keep the meaning and use the the right words and and keep the sound also. Right. It's complex. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, when I was working in Translate, I was also translating children's books. Wow, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so that was much, so much easier. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can bet that. But, <laughs> but a Bronte book, yeah. But it book, must yeah. have been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was really, it was really nice. It was a really nice challenge. But yeah, for uh, for Wuthering Heights, especially of all the books, I think that's the one that's like just the most difficult. Because yeah, it's a it's a challenge for native, you know, English yeah. speakers to really break down. And um, <laughs> it's really nice that you had that opportunity that like a teacher brought it in outside of like the regular curriculum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, in Italian schools, um, you don't actually read a lot of, of English literature classics or, right. uh, yeah, it's a bit different. So lots of novels are just, you know, named during the, the class. And, right. and then if you're interested, you can look for them and read them. Mm-hmm. But um, you do not have to study them. That's the point. So... We, we were lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I discovered them in high school too, but I remember my, um, in this case, my Italian literature teacher wanted us to watch a, an Italian mini series about Wuthering Heights. Oh. And I watched, yeah, I watched the very first episode and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And I refused to watch the final part, you know. 
Um, but then it, there was a, an oral test and I got very, very lucky because I just up some very bad things about Heathcliff. <laughs> and it turned out they were true. And so um, I get, you know, I got interested to that. And when our English teacher made us read some pages from the book, I just wanted to learn more. And, and I went buying my English but I couldn't actually read it because I was too young and you know I was not um, maybe prepared my language was not so good so I had to buy the Italian copy and read that one too yeah oh nice I kind of like though that you have like the Italian copy as like a primer and you get to like read that first and like digest it and think about it and then go back to the English text you know and compare and contrast I think that's kind of nice, actually. It gives you, like, another level of understanding of the text. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we have done it. Uh, we have done it many times. And also to find out which translation was best. So we have discussed about it um, a lot of times. And, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to, um, uh, to compare somehow how the different translators uh, translated um, the same... Um, the same sentence, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because it, it's, it depends a lot on uh, how the translator works. And we think that it also depends on if the translator has seen the play, especially for Emily Bronte, because she depicts um, an amazing land landscape that it's breathtaking. So right, right. Um, if you have actually seen the places, uh, I think it's easier for you to describe them or to be uh, loyal somehow to the translation, sorry, to the original version right. with your translation. So, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That's really interesting. Um, so are they, are the Brontes then popular in Italy or do people, maybe they have not, they're maybe quite kind of obscure? Yeah, no, they, they are still kind of obscure okay. in our um, I remember that once we happened to hear a man, he was in a bookshop and he was uh, asking for, um, he was asking for uh, Pride and Prejudice written by Jane Eyre. Oh. So there is a little bit of confusion sometimes. Right. But uh, say that thanks to the blog, we also had the opportunity to know and to meet also in person many Bronte experts, Italian right. Bronte experts. And enthusiasts so um, it was and it was uh, it was really good for us to find some uh, crazy Bronte lovers just like us. and uh, no it, it was uh, I have to say that the blog gave gave us lots of opportunities to um, share our experiences with other Bronte enthusiasts yeah absolutely if you build it they will come it's funny like we set up yeah the podcast and the twitter and it's like we found all these amazing people all over the world it's it's lovely yeah. that you found people in italy um so yeah, they are hiding actually but we, <laughs> we found them <laughs> i think bronte people they're hard to find like the the jane austen people will come out right away <laughs> but i've had to do a little bit of digging with the bronte people yeah it's true it's true that's true. I don't know why, but that's that's kind of true because you know, you have to say it first. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I read Bronte. I'm, oh, me too. But they won't say it first, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's just I think because I mean my theory is that it's so um, 
their books are so personal and they're so passionate and they're so, I don't know, they're very internal. Whereas Jane Austen, you know, there's that culture, like the Regency culture and dance and balls and sort of like built around it. Maybe there's also this prejudice, you know, that they are sad and heavy and they only talk about death, which is not true. Right. But, you know, you maybe you are afraid of being misjudged or something like that. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. I think that's a good point, too. So how did you two meet, actually? Uh, we curious. met at university. Okay. We met at university, yeah, because uh, we studied foreign languages and translation. Okay. And we met at university and uh, we just became friends immediately. So <laughs> we saw each other. We liked each other and we just became friends because we have lo- lots of things in common. And, and probably because we were the only one I mean, <laughs> to share, you know, our passion. And it yeah. was just like <laughs> I talking to her and, and she talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> the Brontes brought you together. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I love it. That's so great. <laughs> and yeah. then T- tell our friends. <laughs> When did you guys come up with the idea for the blog together? Two years ago and uh, after our, I mean, the idea was already there because um, mm-hmm. we sometimes, some kind, somehow, sorry, we always knew we wanted to work with the Bronte sisters. Mm-hmm. And, but actually four years ago, we went to Howard for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was the most amazing experience for us. And, uh, you know, uh, the Brontes are, I've got a, a very strong relationship with their birthplace and, and, the, and the landscape influenced their works so much and in a very deep way. Mm-hmm. And so once you get there and, and you can see the moors with your own eye or the, the house where they lived and, you know, the life that, that the, they were, that they could experience every day. Um, it was very powerful, mm-hmm. and and we wanted to share this, and so we took a bit of time to understand how to develop our ideas, and then two years ago we started this blog, and and it was good. I mean, it's fun, it's useful because we learn and read a lot. We very passionate people and it's great yeah it's it's an amazing experience yeah so you said you were at Howarth four years ago for the first time have you guys been back yeah every year we go back. every year oh my god (laughs) every year yeah oh this is perfect I didn't realize you were there every year this is amazing yeah we can help it uh, probably (laughs) we we just have to go (laughs) yeah we met some very lovely and friendly people over there. So now we have friends in Howarth, and yeah, no, it was um, it, it was amazing. We didn't expect we didn't expect to find so many lovely people, and yeah, it's 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 like home for us now. Oh, that's so nice. I I keep saying this on this um, podcast when I'm doing interviews. Um, I can't believe how many people I've met who have been so inspired by the literature, who have made yeah. so many like connections and have started so many like projects or businesses 
inspired by Bronte's, the Brontes or Austin. It's amazing to me. Like, I think it's just really beautiful. Yeah, no, it is beautiful. And it's also important to people understand that literature is not just, you know, it's not just a book. It's not just a few pages. Literature is life. And we can learn so much from literature, from, from authors, from the characters that the authors created. Uh, this is what we want to do. We, we want to... Um, we want to let people know that literature is much more than a few words on a page. It's right. it's life. Yeah, something you can experience. You know, you can you can see all, even taste. You know, if you um, try some recipes or or smell some, you know, um, some or I mean, everything. It's it's real. Yeah. Now. Who is your favorite Bronte, each of you guys? If you had to choose. Um, yeah, well, totally. <laughs> uh, my favorite Bronte, sisters, uh, Bronte sister is Emily. Um, I hands down. Yeah, we, you, I mean, she's the one. Um, even if maybe she's the most uh, mysterious one, and she was kind of weird, actually. Yeah. Um, but I can feel so close to her somehow and she was very um, I don't know how to say it she she didn't like people she wasn't talkative um, she was not comfortable with people outside her family um, she preferred to be alone uh, with her animals or with her brothers and sisters out, out on the moors um, where she could you know set her wild imagination free mm-hmm. and 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 everything she wrote was so powerful and i think it attracts my very dark side somehow you know mm-hmm. um yeah she's mysterious but also she's powerful and numb some way yeah and yeah she totally attracts me yeah yeah you know, and the same is for me. My favorite one is Emily, uh, even if I have to say I, I love all of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really like um, Emily because uh, reading Wuthering Heights, I found I found out that um, there is the way she writes, the things she talks about. Uh, they really reach. They really reach my feelings. So I like to think that somehow we have something in common and that mm-hmm. in a past life we would have made very good friends so mm-hmm. no i really like her and yeah she's my favorite as well can we yeah. ask you the same question um i have to say if i'm talking about just purely sister like who i'm more attracted to like who i want to know more about it's emily because i find her to be really um just unquestionably herself yeah. And, and fearless. <laughs> and I love that quality. Um, I have a friend who embodies that quality very much. And I, I really, really respect her. Like, and she's also a writer. And her writing's very powerful. And she's also just very unapologetic for like who she is. <laughs> like sometimes okay. you'll be in a conversation with her and maybe someone will like she's she's never she's very fearless. Like she will voice her opinion. And she's yeah. not, you know, trying to hurt you or put you down. But she just, you know, it's a very fearless quality that I admire. I think partially because I'm from the Midwest in the United States and we're all so like 
reserved and polite and like just we don't we don't say what we really mean (laughs) (laughs) so it is a quality that I just really admire and just like she just is like herself and she doesn't care and yeah yeah um absolutely that's what I love I love uh sort of the antidote when she was at school in Brussels and how Charlotte was trying to sort of maybe say like, maybe you should tailor your clothes or maybe try to fit in a little bit more. And she was just like, yeah, no, I wish to be as God made me. Yeah. Like, no, (laughs) (laughs) like I'm not here for anyone else, but me. So um, I really, I I admire that. And I really love Wuthering Heights. Um, Lately, I will say book wise, what I've been reading, I've been just really very Anne Bronte. Like mm. heavy lately because I just I really love Tenet of Wildfell Hall and I'm just rereading it and I'm just like oh I just really oh. love this book. <laughs> what about your favorite books? Is that is it Wuthering Heights as well or does How it rotate? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know for me it like rotates. I was like oh it was Wuthering Heights last week. Like this week it's Tenet of Wildfell Hall. So yeah, well Wuthering Heights it's maybe I don't know. It's not because it's the first thing we read about them it's it's just i mean for me it struck me that uh you know when you when i approach to um english literature or literature in general you always read about people trying to improve themselves mm-hmm. or to save themselves or to save up other people you know mm-hmm. which is important because course in 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 actual life it's it's important to try and to be a better person or you know um to save yourself but um in Wuthering Heights Emily just says okay yes that's true but we can be evil too yeah and 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 we can choose not to be saved Mm -hmm. and we can do you know, wrong, we can make wrong decisions, we can regret them. But again, it's our life and, and, and we're free in this, you know, it's, you can, you can do good, but you also do bad. And, mm-hmm. and this kind of, you know, surprised me because it's, maybe it's just, a bit like what you were saying before you know it's it's not just about politeness or what should I do mm-hmm. but it's I am like this I'm mm-hmm. gonna be like this mm-hmm. and it's it's scary and it's not beautiful yeah, but right. it's the reality yeah right it's the human well, it can't be that bad yeah absolutely I think yeah. every time I read that book I think something new too that's yeah, the other thing about that yeah. book. I just like, I think, like lately, I, I read it recently and I was just questioning like Nellie and her motives and maybe she's not telling the story. You know, like I'm just like, gosh, you know, what is what is her her take on all of this? And maybe how is she skewing the story? And um, yes. but yeah, it is unquestionably like, I don't know. I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's uh, like I, I watch a lot of reality TV. <laughs> And just people that, that are just destroying their lives or they're very rich and they're very unhappy and they're just spiraling downward and downward and yeah. downward. And I think people are sort of fascinated with watching that on TV. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, Emily Bronte was doing that with Wuthering Heights years ago. Like, that's just this is what this book is. Like, it's it's kind of it's also fascinating to watch someone just keep making the wrong decision, you know? Yeah, true. 
It's true, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I have to say, I, I agree with Serena, uh, and my favorite book is definitely Wuthering Heights. Mm -hmm. But I have to say that I have another favorite, which okay. is Villette by Charlotte Bronte. Ooh. And um, I, I, I think that um, Charlotte, in Villette, she created another very strong character. Mm -hmm. uh, there is Lucy Snow, and um, she's a very strong woman. And uh, also with Charlotte in Villette, uh, the same happens. Um, uh, the, uh, eventually, the, the the novel ends. I mean, the end is not a positive one, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's life. I mean, this is how things are. Right. It's not. There is not always a happy ending. But the the important thing is that, um, and the the fact, the, the reason why I like Lucy Snow so much, is that uh, she's strong, no matter what. Mm -hmm. She has her ambitions. And even if life sometimes is not as you wanted it to be, uh, she just goes on. And this is what, and, and this is a message, a very strong message that I think all the Bronte sisters um, uh, write, they, they all write about it. And the fact that they had this strong ambition of becoming um, writers at a time when for women it was not so so easy they were not allowed to have such big dreams mm -hmm. but they did it eventually so that's really inspirational yeah yeah absolutely i um i love lucy snow we're actually about to do that episode where we talk about strong female characters and lucy snow is my <laughs> is sort of the, the one i'm going to use um yeah, no. yeah it's it's not a, it's such that's villette is um I'm hearing more and more from people how much they love that book, which I, I think that's a kind of a surprise to me. And I, I, I love that. Um, it's a it's a challenging read because, yeah, is, yeah, there's not a lot of relief in that story. No, there isn't. Um, there isn't. And I, I think that it's Charlotte. Uh, she's she's talking through the character of Lucy Snow, but I'm yeah. sure that she's talking from the bottom of her heart. So I yeah. think that Villette is the closest to Charlotte Bronte we can get. Yes, yeah. amazing. I, I cried a couple of times reading it, and it was a wonderful <laughs> experience. And we also went to Brussels in the oh, footsteps of yeah, we did in the footsteps of Emily and Charlotte, and uh, it's it's an impressive city. I really liked it, and it was amazing. It was yeah. really amazing. What did we, you we see there? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I was going to say that we went to Santa Gudula's too, which yeah. is the place where she, you know, you know, in Villette there is um, a, a chapter, yes, yeah. where, where, where Lucy Snow uh, goes goes to the church and, and confessed to, yeah. you know. And, and, and actually that's a, a very autobiographical fact because mm -hmm. Charlotte, actually did that and and we read some letters and there there is one in particular uh, that she wrote to Emily where she told her about this experience and she she wrote something like I am alone I am alone here I'm far from home I do not know anyone and I feel so lonely and and I need a comforting place you know I need someone mm -hmm who would listen to me and that's why she chooses to experience you know this mm -hmm. uh, catholic c confession, confession yeah mm -hmm. and and so you you're just there and and you can read the letters and 
the pages from Villette and you are standing exactly there and it's like you can understand it better I mean right. you can imagine it it's it's not hard to to picture what what she uh, actually felt or she was alone in a in a, in a very big city because she mm-hmm. comes from Howard after all yeah yeah and and she, and she she comes from a very close family where they are all together and and, and she was alone over there yes mm-hmm. she was with a few friends family friends but she missed the core of her family you know yeah yeah absolutely and, and that's good i mean following their them um to brussels or london or york wherever they went it's it's so exciting for us because we keep learning in a very close way to, yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. It's like being with them, with them somehow. What is it about the Brontes <clears throat> that you think is like sort of made their, their legacy endure? Uh, <clears throat> well, I, <clears throat> I'm sure that this is um, related to, their legacy is related to the fact that they were very modern women somehow mm-hmm. and uh, is the message that uh, they have left in their books so the fact that they are they were women who were looking for <clears throat> a place in the world they were able to fight despite all the difficulties mm-hmm. in order to uh, accomplish their their um, their ambitions mm-hmm. and uh, I think that, that that's an important legacy that they're leaving to us uh, because now um, even uh, um, women and uh, girls from our centuries, from, from our century, sorry, they, they can still learn from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really important. Yeah, totally. Also the fact that even if they are so, uh, you know, they are from another century, but actually it's like they are actually closer because you can feel they were just young women, just like us, for example, or you, mm-hmm. and and their goals or their dreams or their fears were real. You can recognize those yeah. those dreams or those fears as yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they can be inspirational because you know they suffered a lot. They had really difficult lives, um, a very hard background where to live in, and yet they made it, mm-hmm. and they made it with dignity. Uh, following, um, you know, their own way. Yeah, their own and, way. And this is important to believe in yourself and not to feel alone. Yeah. And, you know, to find the inspiration and, and the strength to, to say, okay, I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. I want to try to. And this is so important, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also important the fact that uh, they are not lying to you. They they just tell you, okay, life is hard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But you can do it anyway. Right. So don't give up. Yes. Don't give up. Yeah, that's the message. So yeah, I mean, he had the crazy wife in the attic, but um, she didn't know about it. It was just a mistake. Oh, you're right. Poor that Charlotte. was more funny and interesting the second time around. <laughs> <laughs> Do I sound more convincing the second time around? Totally. Totally convinced me. I've convinced everyone. You can call me the Scarlet Pimpernel. So this month, 
we are doing a little promotion. What we are doing is we are just asking you guys to share your favorite episode of Bonnet to Dawn somewhere on social media. Tag us or, um, you know, send us a screenshot or what else can they do, Hannah? Uh, you could hire an aeroplane to fly over your favorite spot with uh, details on it. Yeah, that would be great. Like with one of Just those send us things. A picture of that. One of those like sign things. Or get it to write it in the sky. Get an yeah. airplane to make our logo in different colored smokes. Mm-hmm. Like the red arrows or something. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic, guys. I mean, come on. That's but you definitely have to take a picture of it. You have to take a picture of it. Yeah, you got to take a picture of that and um, send it to us. Oh, or you could, um, you know, graffiti it on a bathroom wall, just like that Charlotte Bronco <gasps> graffiti that you sent yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that would or be great. Just <laughs> get it tattooed on your neck. Yeah, no, that is also acceptable. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, you know, it's not my neck. It's not. Yeah, get it tattooed on Lauren's neck while while she's unaware <laughs> of it, and I will give you a pin. So yeah, there's uh there's a lot of ways you can do this. You, you could just share a Twitter link. That that you might, can. That'd be fine too. And you can find us on uh, the social medias. On Twitter and Instagram at Bonnets at Dawn. You can find mm-hmm. us on Facebook by searching Bonnets at Dawn and then you can request to join the private group. You can also Gmail us. You can Gmail us. You can email you can us. Gmail us. At <laughs> Gmail, um, which is bonnets at dawn at gmail.com. That is all true. So, yeah, next week. We will be back with an Austin episode. So you better yes. get your Austin factoid ready, Hannah. Is this have I created a monster? Is this fact thing gonna come keep back? on going? Yeah. Can I do an Austin is. rap? Can I can I rewrite like some Eminem song to be about Jane Austen? Could I do that instead? Yeah, I mean, is that easier for you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> seems like more work but um, i'm gonna you know say you're i'm down gonna for say it, yes go for it. but All right. <laughs> i reserve the right to retract uh that statement okay <laughs> all right that sounds great Wonderful. well thank you guys for joining us and uh, i look forward to talking